Nerds, welcome to Deceptively Clever, a history podcast that's casual about the truth. I'm Justin, we're about to get John on the line, and it's his turn to bring the topic this week. He's delivering a space episode, specifically the USSR's first manned mission into space. As usual, there are two true statements and a complete lie. Strap yourself in, make a proper cup of tea, and enjoy. take shower over coffee every single day of the week yeah i i can see that yeah mm. i'd rather have a shower i mean i feel like if you just isolate that sentence that sounds ridiculous yeah of course i would choose hygiene over caffeine um but i'm just talking purely on a wake-up cognitive level i would perform better at an iq test after a shower than a coffee i reckon yeah i reckon so i think i'm probably the same but a coffee's delicious so have you got a coffee no i've got myself a cup of tea oh, fuck <laughs> <laughs> Got to cut that out now because we're not allowed to swear on this podcast. <laughs> you just beep it. <laughs> I have to find a beeper. I don't have a beeper at the minute. I'm being typically British. Look at the tea. And it's delicious. It's exactly what I wanted. Got your cow juice in there? Cow juice. Tea bag. Did you go your green cow juice or your blue cow juice or your red cow juice? Green cow juice. Green. That's the semi skim, isn't it? That is it? the semi skim. Well done. Look at me go. Australians don't have semi-skim, so they're like, what? I don't. What, what do you have? We just have... Just... S- we have skim, and people call it skinny. You and your, and I hate... you and your militant militant milk yeah. choices. I, I, I just don't like it. I don't like... I don't like the novelty <laughs> that they impart. Skinny. No, it's skim. Skimmed. They skim stuff off the top. Skim. It's not called skinny. There's nothing about it. It's just, this doesn't make any sense. So I, I don't like it. Right, I'm stopping you talk about milk. Let's... Get into our Do you want to talk about oat milk for a while? No. Oats the future, John. <laughs> nope. I think I'm fine. I follow your Instagram. I know that you love it. <laughs> You're welcome. Oat milk is the future. Anyone who wants to sponsor the podcast who's an oat milk company, you get a discount. On the podcast? <laughs> hmm. No, on the sponsorship. Okay, object. Is your search engine ready? Search engine. Uh, sure as hell will be. Probably can't say hell either. <laughs> sure you can say hell. So a bit of a backstory between my before about my choice this week. Um, I recently right. went to the Scottish National Gallery of Modern Art on a Scottish National Gallery of Modern Art. Yep, on a very nice sunny day. Um, ah, books. It's an inside gallery, I'm guessing. It is an inside gallery. Books, my ticket, my time slot arrived at the right time. You have to book a time slot. Okay, tell me more. Because you have to stagger your entry for the coronavirus. Ah. Uh, yeah. Social distancing museum. Yeah. So it was actually very pleasant because it meant that I went with Morgan and it was just us two in these first few gallery rooms. It was very nice, very quiet, very calm. Oh, it was brilliant. brilliant. And went and saw an exhibition by an artist called Katie Patterson. Didn't know it was on, just was the one that, were, that was on. Um... And it was all about the moon. And it got me thinking about the moon. Oh, I saw your Instagram posts about that at at Deceptively Clever. You're getting there before I am, Justin. I was going to tie in the Instagram. Go give us a follow. Much appreciated. Um, Uh, I've won something today, folks. There you go, you've won something. Um, And it was great because it was all about... 
art based on the moon and how we in interact with it. One of the best bits, and I'm going to go on a tangent now, was they had projected, they had reflected Moonlight Sonata off the moon in Morse code. So they'd sent it off and then it had returned with some gaps in the tune and there was a piano playing itself but playing the moon version which had some gaps so it made for quite an eerie experience as you're walking around but it's very interesting just listen to this that is my pen dropping in astonishment <laughs> this sounds like the best thing anyone has ever done ever it was excellent it was generally great um but I want to do an object that was... Oh, imagine living Imagine living in a, a centre of culture and art. I know, it's great. So I've chosen a space-themed wow. Big fan of the mood, big fan of this. I did notice on Instagram that you had an unfair advantage and got inspiration from your surroundings. <laughs> so I... I am ready to search. I originally went for the Luna 3, but instead I've gone for Vostok 1. So if you want to search Vostok 1, it's V-O-S-T-O-K 1. And if you'd like to describe what you can see. Oh, we've got... Well, we've got a lot of different things, but the first one looks like a spaceship yeah. taking off from Earth. I've then got some 3D cartoon renderings that look like one person fits in a little shuttle that shoots off the top of the rocket yeah and do you want to describe that shuttle uh it's got like a bulb which is where there's a person in an orange suit and a white helmet sitting and then it's got a slightly more pointed end at the front it looks like it's going to attach reattach to something but it might not um, but the main thing we need is the is the the little capsule that has the circle and the you should see a big sort of Beige connecting point as well. Oh, yep, that's in a that's a bit further down. Yes, it's it's almost USSR beige. It is very much USSR beige because we are talking about the Vostok One, which is the spacecraft that took Yuri Gagarin to space. Oh, first man in space. First man in space, correct. That's not one of my there statements, actually. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was. That would have yeah. been funny. Um, Excellent. So we're talking about the Vostok 1. So this was um, a launch in on April 12th, 1961 that took Yuri... I'm going to say Gagarin. And I think that sounds right, but who knows. Um, and he was the first man in space. Let's go with that. And the first man to orbit the Earth. Um, so two... two feats in one um so this was within the context of the space race so this was sort of the very early early years of the space race so they had uh had already achieved the ussr this is they'd already achieved the first satellite in space with sputnik which is obviously another very famous object in uh, 1957 mm -hmm. and they also launched a series of uh, probes to observe the moon so Luna 3 spelled L-U-N-A 3 um, took the first images of the far side of the moon which I thought was quite interesting that was my original object but I couldn't find too much on it um, there wasn't a lie that suited yeah so I also learnt um, about this object that I didn't realise that NASA started in 1958 which is a year after Sputnik so 
Oh, they really? Obviously, yeah, so they obviously started later Ooh. because they okay. were worried about it. So they very was much it, were like... Is that like the full thing or was there a space program before NASA that was a precursor? I assume there was probably a precursor, but then it was probably more of a collective national um, attempt to sort of... Especially because it's very... This is the beginning of the space race. This is the beginning of the USSR versus the USA. Yeah, so America got serious after Sputnik. Yeah, exactly. And at that point, they they believed they were going to be the first... The race was to be the first people in space. Uh, Or did they have that idea of the moon even then? I think they probably had... I think the moon was the sort of the the go-to, wasn't it? That was the Everest, okay. You've got just this list of sort of goals, haven't you? So you want the first man in space, you want the first orbit, you want the first man on the moon... You want the first person to Mars. <laughs> they didn't get that far. Yep. So, back to Yuri's orbit. So it was only for about one hour and 48 minutes, and he only did one orbit of the Earth. So just once round, and then back. That's a quick and... blocky. It is. It must be going at some speed. <laughs> <laughs> or he went against the rotation of the Earth, and it was way quicker. That's true. Um, and then he landed back on earth safely he parachuted out i think i think i read like i don't know very high up and then parachuted to land apparently in a potato field where he saw this he parachuted out yeah i think he ejected out of the um thing once it was had re-entered orbit so he parachutes out and then parachutes down and lands in a potato field where he sees a woman and her daughter and says, I am a Soviet and I've come from space. Um, naturally, you need to take these things with a pinch of salt, but I enjoyed that. <laughs> that which has not become the most famous quote in the world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm a Soviet, so... now you are too. <laughs> take this flag. Um, so it was all very, it sounds very sort of, he was quite happy up there. Um, he was enjoying himself. He, he was read... told that he was happy up there. Yeah. It was a very small spacecraft, though. I think only eight feet in diameter. And they had to have people who were, I think, below five foot six to be sort of comfortable in it. Um, so There's a win be... for the little guys out there. Everyone out there complaining that women don't pay you enough attention. You could have made it into Vostok 1. <laughs> so everything was pretty much run and operated from back on Earth. So he didn't really have that much control of the spacecraft because it was all done remotely. There was only He would only have to override it in case of emergency, then he'd get control. And they took him up there with uh, 10 days worth of provisions in case they had to just sort of wait for it to come back into orbit if the engines died. So it must have been pretty scary going up there, cramped in this little room. Well, that's not what you want to hear. Basically, you're doing nothing unless we can't do anything in which case you can float around for 10 days in your chair yeah pretty much with a fishbowl around it um i mean i don't imagine it's got much fuel so he couldn't have done much driving anyway yeah i i think they just got him up there took him around then got him down very quickly (laughs) yeah basically he was just he was literally just there to be their headline person in space yeah he was 
very shortly after they did launch Vostok 2, which orbited the Earth for 25 hours with 17 orbits. So that's pretty impressive. How many people? Just the one guy. A guy called... Uh, I've got his name here. Uh, German Titov, I think his name was. Yeah, never heard of that one. Yeah, I know. Sad times. He was actually... Partially dealt with. He had to sit up there for a whole day, and I've yeah. never heard his name. So another tangent. <laughs> Basically, Yuri and German were the two guys who were vying to... Um, who were seemed the best fit for Vostok 1. They were both physically fit, the right size, and were just doing very well in the testing because they, they trained, like, I think, 20 or so people, and it got down to these two. But Khrushchev, who was the leader in 1961, I believe, um, liked Yuri Gagarin more because they both had peasant backgrounds and sort of it allowed them to also validate that narrative of this peasant rising up to be the first man in space the same way that Khrushchev had been a peasant background and now rising up to the the high ranks of the Politburo. So that's also quite a little, a little interesting fact for you. There we go. That's interesting. I love my little facts. I like it when privilege works the other way. Yeah. <laughs> it's very true. And uh, probably that got him locked in a box, but sure. It got him a lot more, though, and we'll, we'll get onto that. So uh, should okay. we do some statements? I'm ready for statement number one. Statement number one. America put a man on the put a man in space only one month later. Okay. Statement two: the main brains behind Vostok One was a former Soviet prisoner. And then statement mm-hmm. three: along with the vast number of honors and rewards he received, he also went on a propaganda tour with the first dog in space. Oh, amazing. <laughs> oh, brilliant. The thing that I like about all of these is. They are all close enough to my knowledge base, but outside of my knowledge base, to be completely frustrating. <laughs> I don't know any of these statements as true, and I feel like I should. <laughs> this is properly in my wheelhouse of historical knowledge as well. I love the... Uh, I did a lot on the Cold War and stuff, so I'm, I'm a big fan of my own statements. <laughs> Just for the people at home, I will add, John is an actual historian who has spent part of his academic career engaging in the politics of Russia. <laughs> I'm an idiot from Australia. I wish I could say I was a historian, but uh, I think I'm, I'm no longer you, a history student. You have a master's in history and you work at a museum full time. <laughs> That's not bad, is it? But I think that adds legitimacy to the podcast. I, you, you'll be very surprised to learn this, folks. I am here for comedic relief. Um, I don't do that well, but I'm definitely not here to bring the history. I was about to say, are you? Yeah. yeah no, no, no one would know. <laughs> right, so come on. Which statement do you want to deal with first? I would like to know the name of the mission from NASA, which one month after this delivered a man into space. If you had to... If you had to name a space mission and it came from America, what would you call it? I think you're going to say it's Apollo 1. It's not Apollo. It's pre-Apollo. Yeah, so I think this was the Mercury program, but this mission itself was uh, the Freedom 7. Oh, God. Are you serious? (laughs) Yeah, it was the Freedom 7 craft, I think, that went up. Freedom 7. 
So we're pre-Apollo. Yes. Um, I didn't this think is... Mercury things happened with people. That's so. This was cool. I think I think it was Mercury. I mean, yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Double check, but um, they didn't actually achieve orbit with it. Yeah, it was Mercury, oh. Redstone three, or Freedom seven was the first um, human space flight. Okay, so they had um, they had a similar goal of just sending a person up in a floating box to come back. Yes. Yeah. Uh, unlike Vostok one, though, didn't orbit. And only went up for 15 minutes. Did the person have to shoot himself out and parachute down? I don't know. I think probably, because I don't think they will have worked out sort of capsules to land and things like that. Right. Um, The problem with this statement is, I know that somebody did go up into space and come back. So the only questionable part about the statement is whether it was a month later. And I feel like that's a somewhat mean technicality to pull. (laughs) As a lie. Therefore, at this point, we're sitting on that as probably true. Oh, probably true. Um, it's probably we'll true, just... or John's a terrible person. <laughs> they uh, they didn't get ahead of them in the space race really until the sort of like late sixties with the Apollo program. But to starters, they were they were just behind and not quite as good. And the reason, as far as I'm aware, John, is because America spent five years designing a pen that could write in space when the Russians used a pencil. Yes, that's how that worked. That was the only thing that stopped them. That's such a history, like, uh, meme that goes around and all this stuff. I don't even know if that's true, but that is, like, definitely a, a big myth that floats around. Oh, no, John, it would have to be true. You can't just say things <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> they did have a budget ten times the size of the Soviet Union's, though. So, there you go. Well, yeah, but they also had to pay wages. <laughs> that's true, yeah. Um, right. Any more questions for Statement 1? Um... What was the time between Vostok 1 and Vostok 2? Vostok 1 and Vostok 2. I think Vostok 2 was after... Um, it was after Freedom 7. I think it was October, which... Oh, no. Sorry. It was August. So it was very very tightly compacted, those three uh, missions. It was all happening. That was, was a busy time, was, wasn't it? It was a busy time up there, though. I had to, like... They were talking about traffic lights... Yeah. <laughs> too, too many people driving around in circles. Uh, okay, no, what was the name of the former prisoner? Former prisoner. A man called, I don't know if you say Sergei or Sergei. I'm going to say Sergei Korolev. Sergei Korolev. What was he in prison for? So he was in, arrested in 1938 for being a spy. So this is during um, the Great Purge. So when Stalin was getting rid of lots of his, um, just anyone really. Um, <laughs> I was like, "How's he going to deal with this?" <laughs> mm. Just, yeah, <laughs> anyone wasn't that... for any reason. A lot of people suffered. Um, so he was arrested for being a spy, and I think it was because the person he was working for was also arrested. So it kind of fell down the chain. Um, Might as well get them all. Yeah, and then he was imprisoned during the war, but then was made a colonel in the Red Army in 1945. And that's purely because they had captured a V2 rocket from the Germans. And he was basically someone who was an expert. So they knew that they could use him. So they went, we've got this guy in jail. Let's go send him and work on this rocket. Because he's, he's going to know all about it. Which just sort of shows mm-hmm. the stupidity behind locking those people up. But there you go. Do you know which camp he went to? Uh, no, no idea. 
Okay. Do you know what his time was like after they lost? So, what, after um, 1945? No. They won that one after the space race was... Oh, I see. He died... He died in 1966. Oh, he didn't even see a man on the moon. He did not see a man on the moon. But basically, <sighs> how it goes is he was very, very, very smart. And he was very, very good at working and motivating a team, basically. So when they speak about this big collective effort to send these people to space and all this stuff and look at the Russian nation and look at how... the Sorry, Soviet nation. Um and look at how we've got this man on the moon all together and all this stuff. It was very much Sergei Korolev and his team of people making all this stuff happen. Uh, and he was very good. And he, he was the one who got Sputnik up and he got Yugi Gagarin up. And he wanted to get someone on the moon, but died before that could ever happen. So so a very impressive guy, but someone who was also a victim of the Soviet Union uh, while he was there. Hmm. I mean, he might have got to listen to the theremin a bit while he was in prison, at least. Um, <laughs> okay, what was the walk. name of the dog that went to space? So we're moving on to statement three. Name of the dog was uh, Laker, L-A-I-K-A, Laker. Laker. Oh, yeah. Does that have a Russian translation? Um, do you know what? I'm going to assume it does. Um, probably dog. Oh, I think they're better than that. Or space. Um, Destiny. Let's have a look. Laker... Translation. I don't think it does. I think it's just a name. It's just a nice name. What uh, operation did the dog serve in? She was in Sputnik 2. So oh, she went was, with old mate. That was with in November 3rd, 1957, so just a few years before. Oh, first, first animal in space, or send a monkey up before that? I think she was the first animal in space, I have a feeling. Um, because they basically wanted to test if things could live <laughs> up there. Hmm. It's like, come here, dog. You're either going to have a few miserable hours and then the best life a dog's ever had, or you're going to explode in a vacuum. Best of luck. Do you want to know? I'll, I'll make it even more sad, but um, she was basically a stray on the streets of Moscow, and they've just found her and put her into space. Um, but they thought that a stray from Moscow would be a good choice. This is what I've read, again questionable but because uh, it's used to harsh cold winters <laughs> so it's it's used to sort of not very pleasant scenarios we're gonna t- we're gonna test out this hostile environment on a hardy dog rather than a normal a dog, dog. so we have a, a better idea whether a human's going to be okay to do it brilliant but they did a similar thing so as yuri gargarin got uh, provisions for 10 days uh, Laika, Laika, got provisions for seven days um, up there and she got fans to make sure she was cool and oxygen and all this stuff. But she wasn't a very it, small space. I now think, based on what the Americans did to the monkeys, or maybe the Russians as well, I now think this is a lie. Because I don't think they built in a system to release food for the dog for seven days. No, they did. It was in, it was in gel form, is what I read. <laughs> Although, I kind of like that because it would be like bouncing around, so the dog would have to wait for it. I don't actually yeah. know what it would be like, what the gel, what form the gel would take. You should look at pictures afterwards, though, because it's, it's very much just sort of like tucked in this little sort of like kennel shaped metal thing. And there is just like, I think you can see the little food thing next to it and all this stuff, so it's, it just sound very oh, sad, though. I like that because the, the monkey shots look horrible. So that's nice. So the, was the dog restrained in a 
harness. Um, I believe so, yeah, because I mean they needed to keep it in place, but I don't think there was going to be much room to move anyway. So, but it did look. I think there's like something above her body keeping her so in like place. So she could move her head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And pour at stuff. I mean that would be cool. If she had a little button release. Yeah. Joel now. Uh, maybe they put some nice music on, or maybe they were talking to it all the time. <laughs> maybe. Or, do you know what? They probably just didn't care. They probably just thought, if it comes back alive, that's fine. We can send someone else up. But, uh... Oh, John, I think if there's one thing that's certain about this, they didn't care. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so she went, they went, once Yuri came back, they went on a tour under the collective name of the first Soviet cosmonauts, which was quite nice. Oh, yeah. I do think cosmonauts are a better name. Oh, I don't know. Astronaut is a good name. Cosmonaut's better. Cosmonaut feels like it wins that battle. It feels cool. Well, actually, even better, uh, Gargarin was made a hero of the Soviet Union after he came back. So he's a cosmonaut who is also the hero of the Soviet Union. Is that attached to Statement 3, or is that true regardless? Uh, that is attached to Statement 3, and is true regardless. <laughs> um, no, yeah, that was That was one of his many titles that he got. Oh, what else did he get? Did he get first man in space? Uh, he got loads of military medals. He got first man in space. He got... Um, he was like assistant to the... Something like that. He got like political titles. Um, he got a million fan letters. Um, he basically just became probably the most famous man in the world for a brief period. Oh, absolutely. Probably... And to top it all off, he got a, a fellow space dog. Did he get to keep the dog? I think they. I think that was part of it. I don't know, like how much they actually <laughs> spent time together, but uh, I think they sort of bigged up that image. There is some very funny, like propaganda posters where it's him and this dog. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I mean, if there's one thing that is good, it was the Russian propaganda aesthetic. Yeah, it's true. They did their marketing okay for a pretty well doomed. I wonder what their Instagram uh, would be like now. The USSR. Yeah. It would basically would just be a big memes page. <laughs> about the US <laughs> oh. which is what most memes pages are now at the moment <laughs> yeah it would be funny it would have been good I just don't know it's very hard to apply that kind of our culture to that logic I don't think there would have been the same level of comedy with which we think of public discourse yeah and you could have so. been shot for posting a meme about them so <laughs> it would be a lot more dangerous to be a um, to have, run a meme page and... <sighs> yeah not for me I'm not that kind of activist <laughs> oh well, I mean, we've got a lot here I really don't know, just because I have problems with every statement I literally have a big problem with every statement Go on then, run, run us through your problems The big problem with the first one is I don't think America had caught up that much by 61 Like a month planning is literally A month of planning is literally nothing In the context of this But if it's six months later I think you've pulled a very, very bad trick on the game. <laughs> I think saying a month, it can be no earlier, no shorter amount of time than 18 months after, before I say that's a mean one, John. <laughs> the second one, we've already had we've already had an object with a person that was a Russian prisoner, and so for you to include that, I could see you making that lie. I don't think that's the kind of lie you'd go for with this. My problem with the last one is I don't know anything about Yuri's life afterwards, but I do know he had a propaganda tour. I can see a concept of a Russian space dog in my head. I just don't think they had gel food. (laughs) 
I don't think they were sending the dog up there to see if it died of starvation. Maybe they thought it was a public relations mistake to let it starve if they could get it back. But I think it would have... If they couldn't get it back within a starvation dehydration period, they would have just blown the whole thing up or never sent it back. That's my big problem with each statement. Good problem for each one. Are you able to divulge whether the problem with the statement that is false is accurate? Um, I'm not going to divulge that, no. You can't divulge that? But I'll happily run through On a matter of principle or a matter of strategy? Um, Both. (laughs) Your principles are winning. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. Got it. Have you got a guess? All right, all right. (laughs) I I don't rush you. I take you on big, long wanders about tea. Well, you get thinking time. Yeah, but then I get distracted with tea, and then you, and then I go, oh, shit, I need to answer this. I think you've written designed it. That is a very strong word for statement number two. And that is a statement I have absolutely no knowledge about whatsoever. The other two I have encountered some facts about. I did get some feedback that someone really enjoyed listening to my thought process as I worked through these. Not on like an entertainment level, just on a, they thought it was an interesting way to get to know me. things. Yeah, to learn about how I would go about it. Um, So I don't mind taking a little bit of a longer stroll. For that one person? Idle nonsense. Yeah, hello to that one person. See, I got ten people telling me it was annoying, so... uh... Yeah, but they're your ten people. (laughs) I'm aging. The one I would be happy to say and get wrong is statement number one. Because it's like, they did do it. Who knows when? I don't know. I would be upset... If the lie is three, and I picked two, <laughs> and I would be so, so glad if they did put gel food in for the dog. <laughs> also, I don't know where, I don't, I don't know where you would have got Laker from. Nah, actually, I do, I do honestly think three is the lie, but do I just pick America because, oh, I don't know. I'm going to need some thinking time, which I'll put in <laughs> in a minute. It'll be like, sort of like elevator music. Okay, I'm going to cross out two. I do think two could be a lie. Right. But I've, I've got nothing okay. to go on it, so it's not two. I'm fine with that. That's an interesting bluff. <laughs> I'm last time I did that, Last time I did that, I came back to two. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then I was still... I did that, and then I was wrong. You do need some like, little elevator music. I don't know if I can find any. It's hard to find things that are free of copyright. I don't... You're not a mean person. One is safe. Two's back on the table. <laughs> I also think you put too many facts that I think are true in with three to then say that's a lie. I think you didn't distinctly separate fact from fiction, so I would argue that one on a technicality, which means I'm back to saying two's the lie. I've currently got a bit of paper with one crossed out, two crossed out, three crossed out. I have to circle across. <laughs> Are you any close to making a decision? Well, I'm just going to guess. I don't have anything funny or any good logic <laughs> logic to apply. Because right, as well. I said, I, I think I have issues with all of them. I'm going to go with... Oh, you didn't do any translations other than the dog's name. So you can... I wish... Oh. Does <laughs> the dog on, translate to lie? Does the dog translate to lie, John? That would be funny. <laughs> that would be funny. Come on, Justin. I think... I actually do think two's a lie. I'm going to go with three. What? I'm going to go Wait, choose one. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm going with three, and I think two is the lie. So you think that three is the lie? I'm saying three is the lie. 
just because you, I can't accept. Are you locking that in? Of, yeah, lock and three. For God's sake! After all that, you still get it right. Oh, God's sake, man. Oh, I thought you might enjoy Furious. it. <laughs> Furious. Yeah. Love it. That's so good. What a good day for me. I forgot we had a podcast until 1pm. And then in that time, I drove 70 kilometres, ordered a $3,000 camera, researched a topic, and got you a lie. Fuming. Do you know what's really annoying as well, is that you kept going on about this gel food thing, and that's true. That's that's absolutely fine, that part. Oh, so the dog did go up? Yeah, the dog did go up. The dog had the gel food. The lie was that the dog survived. The dog died in space. <laughs> Oh. As it was coming back down, it um, overheated because there was an error in one of the systems and unfortunately, uh, Laker died as she was coming back into... Uh, as she was coming back. So yeah, that was I have seen those pictures of Laker. That's not a nice looking kennel thing. No, it's not at all. It's horrible. Um, so oh. she never met I'm glad you didn't Yuri pick Laker Gagarin. as the object. Yeah, I know. Um, but... No, it's all true, the other stuff. Well done. I'll bitter, but I'll... Uh... Well done. I'm kind of impressed the Americans got that sorted in a month. So, by 61, they'd caught up, basically. Like, it was even. You can't say USSR was in front because they got up a month beforehand. No, because they didn't orbit. They only went up for 15 minutes and then went back down again. It like It's still uh, not nearly the same achievement. Once you're up, I don't think orbiting is the hard part. I think orbiting probably is the hard part because you have to oh. like work out all your. Oh, we know nothing. <laughs> I think we need to stress. <laughs> but it's so bold going. Orbiting's the hard part. Yeah, I agree. We don't know anything. <laughs> See, I think I think getting up, defying the gravity with enough fuel in a controlled way, and then coming back down in a in a healthy yeah. and life sustaining way is the hard bit. You think. Going around is the hard uh, bit. Well, I think because then you have to like get back in and stuff, don't you? And that's the scary part. But I suppose you're doing that if you're going up, aren't you? She was a she was a stray mongrel from the streets of Moscow. I'm just sad about Laker, really. Yeah, I know that is the sad part. I feel a bit bad that I was lying about her, but there you go. A mongrel, possibly part husky. I think Laker is a breed of dog, actually. Well. Born. Unless it was Laker. named after. <laughs> uh, died age three, Sputnik two in low Earth orbit. There was a, a memorial was opened for her in two thousand eight, though, um, a research facility. Well, that's nice. They didn't make a tr- the cause of death public until two thousand and two. Yeah, that's a long time after. I, I think they lied and said it was something about oxygen, didn't they? Also, um... yeah, they said it ran out on day six. Oh, the plan was for her to stay up there for that long. I did not understand that in the during the podcast. That's because I didn't know that. <laughs> so I thought it was like going to be a half a day mission. And you're saying they've given her food for a week. They gave her food for a week because it was supposed to last a week. If I'd have or said that, would you have, would you have said that another one was a lie? Probably. Oh, shut up. But no, I still would have got to like, you're telling me they put food up there for her. Yeah. And I still would have had a problem with that, which turned out to be absolutely irrelevant. <laughs> I honestly believe that 
what I need is just to talk at you for long enough and you say enough things back that I get a vibe about which one it is. That's why I was trying to be really quiet then as you were like contemplating everything. I need to override my thoughts with the vibe. Thank you.